Hello and welcome to this Global Situation podcast from International SOS, the leading medical and security risk management business. I'm Chris Giles. This is the podcast where we provide timely analysis and tactical insight for your organisation. And in this episode, we're focusing on Guinea in West Africa. The country is currently undergoing political transition following a military coup in late 2021. While the ruling military government has agreed to hold elections in 2025 to enable a transition to civilian rule, tensions remain high. Despite an ongoing ban on demonstrations in the country, a new coalition of political parties, trade unions and civil society groups has called for renewed anti-government protests in the capital, Conakry. Well, to find out more, I'm at our London Assistance Centre with Kiana Kataria, the lead security analyst for Western Central Africa, and Kiara Defure, a senior security specialist who's recently travelled to the country. So thank you both for joining me. Thank you for having me. Thank you. And how was your trip to the country? Yeah, the trip was great. I really enjoyed it. Uh, It was uh, quite intense travelling across the country, but it really gave us a good grasp of uh, the situation on the ground. We'll hear more about that shortly, but first again, uh, what's happening in the country right now? So we're seeing a lot of tension linked to the country's political transition. Um, The authorities recently announced a timetable for the holding of elections, which are scheduled to take place in 2025. But there is a lot of tension at the political level because they failed to produce a clear roadmap for how elections are going to be held. Um, So there are a lot of steps that need to take place before that. And so we've seen that opposition forces have come together to create a new opposition coalition and they've called for protests in the capital, Conakry. And what sort of protests have been taking place so far? So we've seen some protests being held in sort of the northern suburbs of the capital. Actually, the organisers have repeatedly called for protests throughout March, but they've been postponed um, to allow for negotiations with the authorities. So this has been at the request of religious figures. But what we've seen in practice is that people have chosen to gather anyway, and the security forces have dispersed them using quite tough measures. Some recent protests recorded by the AFP news agency. So despite religious leaders trying to stop these protests, some people clearly taking part in demonstrations, but how well attended have they been? They've not been that well attended so far, and that's probably due to the fact that um, this new coalition, the Force Vive de Guinea, um, is quite divided. Um, they're united in the sense that they oppose the military government, but that's sort of where it ends. They're quite divided in terms of what they're working towards and what the end goal is. Um, so they've not really been able to, to mobilise um, large amounts uh, of supporters. So... Kiara, you've been to the country. Tell me what was the purpose of your trip? So yeah, I've been to the country and one of the main purposes of the trip was to understand where we are heading towards for the next uh, few months and uh, towards the, the end of the transitions and elections. So this meant understanding what are the current issues at the political level, but also to have an understanding of what is the popular perception of the coalition. Then secondly, we wanted also to be ready in the 
unlikely event that there is an escalation or a deterioration of the security environment. So for these reasons, I've traveled across the country from Conakry, traveling all the way by road to Kankan and then to the southern part of the country to Nzevekore in order to, to reassess the road conditions on the country and how best we can support clients in the event of an evacuation, for example. So will you be able to tell me about some of the conversations you've had or what you've been able to see? What's your assessment of conditions in the country? So from my conversations in country, the main point that has emerged is that overall at the popular level, the government retains quite high approval rates. Uh, this is mostly due to many projects on which the government has acted uh, upon. These are not new projects, were projects that were sitting on the table for many years and now the population see them being developed. Just to mention, a main point has been the development in terms of the infrastructure of the country. So I was able to see that also in my trip across the, the country. The, the road infrastructure is getting um, more developed. So as I was uh, traveling, for example, especially from the route from Conakry to Kankan, I could see a lot of road works. The last part of the route once past the city of Dabola, was in very good condition. So talking with my contact in the country, he mentioned that that part of the road had just been built in the past few months. So this is one of the main developments that the population is seeing for which overall the government retains quite high approval rates. Nevertheless, there have been protests. Did you see any while you were there? Yeah, so actually I was there on the day that there were protests scheduled. Then finally they were officially postponed by the opposition coalition. Nevertheless, they still took place in some parts of the countries. Uh, some people spontaneously gathered. So, for example, the night I went back to my hotel, uh, I was informed by the reception that they were sending their staff home because people had already started gathering in the street and therefore there was risk of unrest. What sort of things are the security forces deploying to try and break up those protesters? So they've been using uh, measures such as tear gas as well as live ammunition at times to disperse the demonstrators. So this has led also to a number of people injured as well as some people killed during the demonstrations. Um, so the night that I was there in country, one person, according to local sources, was also killed as part of the arrest and the security forces measures. So where are some of the main demonstrations? demonstrations been taking place? So usually the official route called by the opposition coalition starts from the Tanerira Dabant going uh, all the way down to the People's Palace. This means that, uh, for example, the N1 route that also leads to the airport might be disrupted as a result of this demonstration. However, this is the official route called by the opposition coalition. Then we have also seen that people also gathered in some other areas of the country, such as the northern suburbs like Bambeto, Kosa, uh, Amdalayes and other northern areas of, uh, of the capital. So what we advise is to minimise movement on demonstrations uh, day around these areas. We've also seen quite of a heavy uh, police deployment on the Route Le Prince, which is the one that uh, crosses the northern neighbourhoods. So or usually on Plosest Day we would advise to avoid that route and take, for example, Corniche North. For people flying in or out during the protest day, we, we would advise to reconsider travelling on, on those days. This is because 
the then one routes could be disrupted as a result of the demonstrations. Should people still want to go ahead with their uh, travel plans, then we would advise, for example, arriving in the country in the afternoon, as usually the demonstrations that they start to take place in the morning and they tend to be contained by the afternoon. And what if the protests are prevented from going ahead or even called off? What would your advice be to clients should that happen? So in case demonstrations are called off, we advise still to exercise caution and to closely monitor uh, developments by liaising with, the, with local contacts. This is because, as we have seen, when protests are officially called off, people might still gather in some other areas of the city. So it's important to still reconfirm routes uh, before setting out and to have uh, a trusted local driver that knows the environment and the routes across the city. And is there any extra advice that you can offer managers about the situation in Guinea right now? So at the manager level, we advise to closely monitor developments linked to the ongoing dialogue between the opposition groups. At the same time, it's also important to have uh, clear and corroborated information on the developments on the ground and ensure that in-country workforce has access to this type of information. So, Ken, let's take a look at the outlook for the country. What's your assessment given the possible disruption that we've been speaking to Chiara about? At the moment, these demonstrations are quite small in scale because of divisions within the opposition. But there are some underlying tensions and unresolved issues that could give rise to more frequent and well-attended protests. So the first is the fact that the authorities have actually, in response to the recent unrest, they've threatened to ban uh, the main political parties. So if they actually act upon this, that would constitute a significant trigger for more well-attended demonstrations. Second, there is the fact that the authorities are currently trying to crack down on corruption, but that has entailed the arrest and detention of several opposition figures, and they've been kept in detention for long periods without access to a fair trial. So that is also something that has been quite controversial. So if we see more of that, there could be more protests. And I think the final factor is linked to the political transition itself. Um, So as I've said, uh, they've currently announced a date for the holding of elections, but we don't really know how they're going to get to that stage. So if there are any indications that the political transition might be delayed, for example, there could be heightened tensions as a result. So something that has been quite controversial is concerns around the fact that they will have to change the constitution and so they might actually impose an age limit on presidential candidates and if they do that then that could exclude some of the main opposition figures from contesting the presidential elections. Okay, Kiana, Chiara, thank you so much for your insight and analysis of the situation in Guinea right now. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much. Now, if you've liked what you've heard, please check out our other recent podcasts and audio updates. But for now, thank you for listening. And before I go, a reminder that you can keep up to date with all the latest information and updates on the situation in Guinea on our website, internationalsos.com. And from there, you can find out about our global network of assistance centres, available to clients 24-7. But until next time, from the London Assistance Centre, goodbye.